0: Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads, get on your feet! It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's he Sparky Fipers, well 50 a.m. The fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I always say beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, every day. But today probably is the last warm day we're going to have. If we're being honest, high of eighty-six today. Uh, in October on October 3rd, uh, in Milwaukee. And by the weekend, we're supposed to be in like 54 or 55 for a high. So that's, that's about the fun of it. Uh, Ryan Horvat, bet MGM tonight, uh, part of the bet radio network, Trista Crick, Nick, I uh, every weekend while you're watching the games, tune these guys in for entertainment, fun, and some great information, making you some money. Follow Ryan Horvat on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Saturday mornings his college football show. Tailgate to kickoff, which is outstanding. Uh, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central time on 1250 a.m. The fan if you're in the Milwaukee area. If not, wherever the time zone uh, works for your area, uh, make the adjustments. I'm not going to go every your time zone. Uh, Horvath, real cl- quick. So I'm I'm hosting uh, filling in for Gabe Kuhn this week on 92.9 uh, ESPN Memphis. Uh, and at the end, I didn't know this, but they have a deal with FanDuel. So I have to make a pick of the night. I, I had no idea. So The Monday's the first show yesterday. Right. And yeah, I was like, oh, you got it. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't gamble. I'm like, great. I got to figure something out, man. Who's the man? I got lucky. (laughs) I took, I said, okay. I said, Seattle uh, covers. The spread was three and a half, whatever. I'm like, Daniel Jones sucks. He throws two interceptions. That's my prediction for tonight's game. Daniel Jones threw two interceptions. Seattle rolled over the New York Giants. I was like, hey, I got lucky. I have no idea what I what the hell I'm going to do tonight now for Tuesday, but I don't even know what is actually being played tonight that I could actually gamble on tonight. But I baseball. think I have to come. I have to do this every single night. So I got to figure out something for tonight. Horvath
1: baseball postseason. You're not going to take your brewers.
0: Um,
1: don't you have Corbin Burns? I like the, I don't back. care
0: if we have Corbin Burns, the gut punch of losing Brandon Woodruff is a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Uh, and then they made a horrible decision On their roster, Jesse Winker, who's been in the minors for like the last month, sucking, uh, makes the postseason roster over Garrett Mitchell, who just came back off of being hurt uh, and was playing relatively well here this last week. Makes no sense. Rowdy Tellez, not on the wildcard roster either. They went for Josh Donaldson and Owen Miller over Rowdy Tellez. Uh, I just think the gut punch of uh, Brandon Woodruff might be a problem. We'll see. We'll see how they rebound off of it.
1: Yeah, I'll be actively cheering against you guys. I'd like to say something different, but I uh, want you guys to lose, and I want it to be really painful for the way that uh, the Milwaukee fans treated my Cubs and me on social media after we were eliminated. Kind of want the same. What happened? Oh no! I mean, like. It's just a lot of trash talk from the Brewers to the Cubs. Oh, you guys suck. Fly the L. Kind of like the the Bears fans to the Packers
0: prior to the season, thinking Jordan Love was going to be awful and the Packers were going to be horrible and Justin Fields was going to be the MVP. And whoops, uh, they were wrong on all the courts.
1: Yeah. So it's, just, it's just it's only fair you know yeah i don't we'll think hang, we'll hang the l we'll watch you guys hang the l and we'll all hang the l together and watch the braves win the world series because the i best
0: don't players. think they're going to lose the d-backs this series i do think the dodgers are going to be a problem if woodruff can't pitch and based on how choked up woodruff got i can't imagine he's pitching uh so i don't think yeah. they can beat the dodgers without woodruff i think that's going to be tough unless this offense catches fire, fired then then anything is possible because miley has pitched well this year uh, who will obviously replace Woodruff in the rotation. All right, let's get to the Packers. Obviously, it is occurred and long. We talk yeah, Packers buddy. football here. Uh, okay, so it's four in. And four weeks in, four games. Packers are two and two. If I would have told you, Ryan Horvath, prior to the season, they'd be two and two through their first four, going into that Raiders game in a bye week, would you have taken it? Uh... Bee, boo,
1: bee. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough schedule. I'll, I'll say yes, because you beat the Bears like you should, right? Um, so you're not the biggest disaster in the NFC North. You're not even close. That would be the Bears and the Vikings. You beat the Saints, who I think are a little overrated, but that's a good NFL defense. You would have liked to beat Atlanta, and I was high on Atlanta coming into the season, but now we've seen Desmond Ritter. And he's an absolute problem for that offense. Like I think he should have been benched weeks ago for Heineke. I really legitimately think he should have been benched in that Green Bay game. They won despite him. Um, so yeah, I would take it, but I would still be kind of pissed because the reason that you lost that game and the reason that you lost the game against Detroit is still because you can't tackle, you can't stop the run, right? Like you're still like last season, right. you were dead last DVOA against the run and. You know, we got to hear the same stuff. Joe Barry saying, well, we can, we will fix this. It's like, I don't know, man, because we got a big enough sample size where I don't think you can. So as far as the record two and two and the overall like statistics for Jordan love, I would take all of that. But, uh, you know, like when you go back and you really think about it, it would really be nice to be three and one. Cause you should have beat Atlanta. And if you're yeah, three and right. one, yes. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right there with Detroit atop the NFC North. They have the tiebreaker, but so, yeah, two and two sounds great. It's just, damn, that one sucks because they're not what I thought they were.
0: And, you know, if if you're on the outside looking in and you're not a Packer fan and you're listening to Curtin Long, you're going, yeah, but y'all got lucky in the Saints game because the kid missed the field goal. Uh, so, really, I mean, you could argue as much as they could be three and one, they could very easily be one and three, and the Saints make that field goal at the end of that game. Uh, and then there's not nearly as much positivity around this team if they're one and three. I know it's only a one-win difference. But two and two versus one and three is a huge difference as far as how people look at you uh, as a team, you know, going into week five uh, and into the rest of the regular season. Right now, you tell me what you think. I think this locker room is buying into Jordan Love. I I think he's shown enough to where this locker room is like, yeah, his kid's legit. Like, we're good. We're okay. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily if that is being said in New York about Zach Wilson. I don't think they're buying in that Zach Wilson is the guy that's going to lead them the rest of the year and they can win games. I do think this locker room believes Jordan Love can win them games uh, and put them in a position to be pretty good by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's kind of what you wanted this season, right? Is you just wanted to see is Jordan Love that guy? Because I don't really have uh, big expectations for this team. That's why this year to me just kind of is what it is. I mean, like, not really getting bent out of shape. the wins are nice, but I just, every year as a fan, usually, like, I, I thought this team would have a shot to win a Super Bowl, and this team, I just, I can't make the case. For
0: well, them. no, there was no Super Bowl or boss coming in with a first-year starter, like. Like, I'm more into, like, what
1: the Bills are up to right now, and what the Chiefs are up to right now, like, the Packers, to me, it's kind of, again, it's not disappointing, it's just, just two years ago, we were watching Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and now we're watching Devontae Adams and, and, and Vegas. I don't know. I mean, so this year, it's yeah, it's just like who could play and who can't, and so far, so good, I'd say.
0: Let's talk about Tom Clemens' comments about Jordan Love, shall we? Uh, yeah. Tom Clemens, the Packers quarterback coach, said Jordan Love is, quote, an accurate passer, end quote, despite the completion percentage. Quote, we like to have a higher completion percentage, but there's a lot of things that factor into that. Sometimes you're throwing the ball away. Sometimes you drop the ball. Along the way, uh, end quote, and this comes from Ryan Woods' Twitter account the other day when Tom Clements talked on Monday. Would you agree that he's an accurate passer? Won Jordan Love through four games. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would say he is. You know, like the problem has been the drops, and also, I mean, it's uh, the, this is the other thing where I want I need a bigger sample size because I'm just starting to see Jordan Love now with this full complement of weapons. Like I didn't really get to see Jordan Love with Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, but.
0: You still didn't yeah. seem really with Aaron Jones, to be fair,
1: <laughs> right? And that's the other thing. Like I haven't really loved the play calling. So when Jordan Love's looked bad, I haven't really fully blamed it on Jordan Love. But yeah, he's been more accurate than I than I thought
0: for sure. Yeah, the deep ball's got to get better. Obviously, he's missed some throws downfield where he's had guys uh, and has overthrown guys. Um, so obviously, that has to improve. But I, I would say in large part, when he misses or they have incompletions, either it bounces off the receiver's hands. Or the DB just simply puts his hand in at the last second when it's headed straight for the receiver's hands, um, and it's it's deflected away. Like I, I don't feel like he's been off target uh, necessarily a ton. Tom Clemens continues on Jordan Love: "Quote: You always anticipate what a player is going to do when he becomes a full-time starter. He's confirmed our thoughts. He's a good player." End quote. Tom Clemens. Ryan Horvat. Back to you. Four games in, has Jordan Love done more, less, or about the same of what you thought he would be coming into the season?
1: About the same, I would say. Um, Now, like, I didn't know, like, as far as, like, stats and as far as, you know, expectations, I'd say, yeah, just kind of like what I expected from Jordan Love. This is, I would have been surprised if he was putting up, like, Patrick Mahomes-type numbers. Uh, Yeah, everything kind of looks about right to me. This is kind of what I thought that he would be.
0: Now, the other part of this, I think when you talk about if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, whoever you want to say, we always talk about red zone efficiency. How good is your team in the red zone at scoring touchdowns uh, or even getting points at this point versus uh, something else? Packers rank fourth in red zone success. This comes from Paul Brattle. And red zone success rate scoring a touchdown nearly 70% of the time that they've been in the red zone so far this year, even more impressive is that they've done this with a struggling running game. Adam Stenovich, who people forget is the actual offensive coordinator, former offensive line coach said on the red zone quote, a lot of it starts with running the ball. And that's always the number one thing in the red zone that you want to try and do. But I think we've had some pretty good plans and able to attack defenses. Then our guys having the right mentality, you get the ball, you get vertical and you go score. That's the biggest thing. There have been some things we have to clean up down there, but that's been a pretty good spot for us so far. Is it more impressive to you, Ryan Horvat, that they're at a 70% clip scoring touchdowns in the red zone, considering, like has been pointed out, they really haven't run the ball well.
1: Yeah, it is because I mean that's and that's been the biggest disappointment for me with this offense is they just can't get the run going, right? And a lot of that has to do with you have a beat up offensive line right now. Obviously, David Bakhtiari is gonna miss the rest of the year. Elton Jenkins is ding, but and you haven't had a healthy Aaron Jones. And even when he has been healthy, you haven't really featured him. For whatever reason, you've been featuring AJ Dillon. So Yeah, I mean, I would say so, and especially because also you have the youngest wide receiver room in the league, your tight end, Musgrave, he's really young, and plus he went into the concussion protocol last game, and the play calling hasn't been great. You know, the first couple weeks, actually, I thought LaFleur was really creative. I don't know what last week was, but yeah, that's been a big surprise for me, actually, especially with a young quarterback.
0: You know, that's that's the thing, right? And uh, we talk about this. Not only is there pressure on Jordan Love, there's pressure on Matt LaFleur. You you would bet your bottom dollar he's feeling pressure, too, because to this point, it's been all Aaron Rodgers bailed out another head coach. You know, he bailed out McCarthy, bailed out LaFleur. Now you're going to see Lafleur's not as good as everybody thought because Aaron Rodgers is so great. So I guarantee you Matt LaFleur has heard that all offseason long. And I'm sure he heard it while Rodgers was here about this is Rodgers offense. He's LaFleur's just a puppet. He does what Rodgers says. And LaFleur got no credit for all those 13 and three years. It was all Aaron. Well, now is his chance to kind of separate himself and go, no, I actually am pretty damn good. I don't suck like y'all think I do because I had a hall of fame quarterback. So to me, I think there might be more pressure on LaFleur to get this right than there is even on Jordan Love where expectations aren't that great to begin with.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, and like, that's the thing. They're almost kind of like a package deal here. I, I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yep. Jordan Love has to look good under Matt LaFleur because it's. Crazy as it is, and Lafleur won 13 games, three consecutive season. He's coached in NFC Championship games. Nobody's job safe in the NFL. Now, the good thing, the thing that Lafleur, I think, um you know, like, has worked in his favor, I would say, is that uh he coaches in Green Bay, and there's not real like ownership. You know what I mean? And he's Goots guy, so.
0: There's no Jerry I, Jones.
1: Yeah, I think it's like a little bit different for Matt Eberflus. Like Matt Eberflus could be out by next year. You know what I mean? I, I think that. Matt LaFleur and his resume helps has a little bit longer of a leash. But yeah, I mean, and we're hearing that from some people, like, oh, we thought we were gonna get the Aaron or the Matt LaFleur offense and it was gonna look so much better. This kind of looks like the Aaron Rodgers offense all over again. So this is a big year for LaFleur, and then next year's another big year for LaFleur, I would say.
0: I can't believe how much he's running out of shotgun. I can't believe how much they're running four wide. I can't believe how much he's running empty set. I'll be honest. Like, I think we all thought we're going to have more two back sets, more Dylan and Jones on the field together at some point. Maybe they incorporate a fullback at some point with Jones. Who knows? But it would be more run centric, more run design plays kind of, you know, maybe a guard or a tackle goes in motion or guard goes in motion like Harbaugh did for the Niners. You do some creative things on the run and then it's all play action to get Jordan Love some easy looks. And that's how they move the football. And like you said, that's not been the case. It's been exactly what Rodgers was running, which is we're going to wing it all over the place, shotgun. We're going to take our deep shots uh, and then see what happens. And I don't, is it that the smart play to do with this quarterback in this offense? I tend to lean no. Like, I think coming into the year, you wanted to love to throw about 25 times a game. If you would have told me before the year, he'd be throwing 35 to 40. I'd be saying they're probably not going to win a ton. It's his first year as a starter. He's going to make mistakes. The young receivers, the tight ends, they're going to make mistakes. Like, you're not really giving them the best chance of success unless they play way better than everybody thinks.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree, man. And that's this is the, the best
0: thing. podcast ever. You said yep to me like three or four times in a row. I am on a roll. That's what happens when I eat lunch before I do this. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, I agree with, with what you said, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything to add on that one.
0: Good. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, this offensive line, which is not going to make anybody uh, feel all the better. So Bakhtiari, the Packers coaching staff is zip, zip tight on this one. They're not talking about it, right? Okay, he's not available this week. Yeah, injury list, whatever. But we're not, we're not having a conversation about whether or not his season is over, whether or not there's a second surgery, like uh, Ian Rapoport had been hinting at, uh, and so forth. So they're, they're kind of. Putting it all, uh, you know, behind the closed doors. I have not yet to see, uh, and again, we're Tuesday, so we'll figure this out by Friday, I'm sure. What that offensive line is going to look like? My thought is, is that he is going Matt Lafleur is going to run the same offensive line out that played last week. He's going to come back against the Raiders and say, Rasheed Walker, you get one more chance at this at left tackle, uh, and let's let's see what happens. And if he holds his own against the Raiders, I think he gets to keep the job if he doesn't and he gets beat badly, like he got beat badly last week uh, in that last game, uh, then I, against the lions and and Hutchinson, if he gets beat badly again, then I think there's going to be wholesale changes in the bye week. And that line will look completely different coming out against the Denver Broncos the week after the bye week. But I think they give Walker one more chance at left tackle to prove whether or not he can hold that position the rest of the year, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to, right? Because, um, had a good camp. I mean, again, I'm not at practice every single right. day. But, but, I mean, you know, look like he had a good enough camp. He's a young player. He's trying to figure out a new system here. So, um, yeah, I think you have to. And, like, look around the league, man. There's a lot of teams with offensive line problems right now, mainly at the tackle position. And there's a lot of injuries at that position. So, if there were just guys available that you could go sign off the street, you know, uh, other teams would probably beat you to the punch. So, they're just not there. So, I think you have to see. And the good thing is, like, he's young enough. Ah, uh, he's inexperienced, and you see that there is a ceiling there. Whereas with some of these other guys, I'm not going to name any names like Royce Newman, you know that there is no ceiling because I don't understand why we continue to trot him out there because, um, like, we know what he is. But yeah, right. with Rasheed Man, I think that there's some good there, and I think that there's some uh, inexperience there. So he's he's the least of my worries right now.
0: You know, that's that's the other thing too when we talk about this offense and this offensive line. They have the number one. Pass blocking line in football. If we do this, you know, what do we think of everybody after three games? The line probably gets an A or an A plus if they're number one in football at pass blocking. That's their main main deal here. So from that perspective, they would got an A. But then they play the Lions and look god awful. And it wasn't just Rasheed Walker. Running didn't look good in that game. Like there wasn't much to be happy about in that game from an offensive line perspective. I think overall, when you look at this offensive line, considering they've Lost Elton Jenkins a couple games ago. They've been without Bakhtiari the whole time. I think I'd probably give him like a B, B- minus somewhere in that area so far this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, pro football focus, man. They had him like as the number one offensive line just a week ago. That wasn't a great performance against Detroit. But I think also like, again, man, like it was a short week. And I think that that says a little bit more about where Detroit's at right now. That defensive line is really good. They're number five against the run. They're getting pressure at like a 35% clip. So it's not just green Bay that they did that against that's every team in the league. And it was, you know, like a short week and you just found out about Bakhtiari's status for the rest of the season. You had to place him on the IR. You didn't have Jenkins. So I'm not going to like worry too much. And that's why I want to see another week. I want to see, you know, a couple more weeks actually, because the lions, I just think they're really good, man. And we always talk about their offense, but, I don't think enough people are talking about their defense, what that defensive line's been able to do here.
0: Right, and that's the thing, right? So from that perspective, you're coming off of this Lions game, there's a bitter taste in your mouth. You got dominated, essentially, for most of the game, especially in that first half. Um, And now you're not going to play a great team in the Raiders. You're not going to play a great team in the Broncos. You're not going to play a great team in the Vikings. So you're really now going to either really look good again, like you did in that first week against the Bears, which hopefully this offense does move the football like they did against the Bears these next three weeks or these next three games, because you have that bye week. But then what is it going to be? Is it going to be, ah, I don't buy it. Yeah, they're beating up on bad teams. So what? That doesn't mean Jordan Love and this offense is that good. Yeah, they're protecting them, but they're three crappy teams. The Raiders, the Broncos, the Vikings, Oh, stop. Let me see them play a real good team. And that may be the, the reaction from those outside of, you know, outside of the Packer fan base and maybe some inside the Packer fan base that don't believe in Jordan Love and the offense. But if they go and they win their next three, which I think all three are winnable, Ryan, all of a sudden you're five and two after seven, regardless of who you've played and who you've beat, you're feeling really good about yourself if you're five and two after seven. And there's no doubt in my mind they could be five and two after seven.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, man, and then you're right there in the NFC because other than the Detroit Lions, who unfortunately are in your division, you know, you have San Francisco, you have the Saints. But, yeah, I think these are going to be winnable games. So, um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm completely with you. I mean, man, anybody would sign up for that, right, especially in the right. NFC. Now, in the AFC, man, you could win 10-11 games and maybe you don't make the playoffs. But in the NFC, you get there, you're good. So, yeah, that's, that's what you want to see right now, for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's uh, move on to the defensive side of the ball. That defensive line, right? Kenny Clark gets moved over. Uh, TJ Slayden is in the middle. Devontae Wyatt is there. They've rotating in a couple of rookie defensive linemen as well. How would you uh, kind of grade those defensive linemen out so far through the first four games? Um, Kenny Clark yeah. in his new position. I mean, I think he's had a play or two. I don't know if he's consistently necessarily been around the quarterback every game. Slayton has gotten some push, I would say. Wyatt has kind of flashed. I think Brooks has flashed more than anybody on that defensive line, the rookie out of Bowling Green.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've been pretty impressive, to be honest with you, especially like Kenny Clark has showed some signs of like being Kenny Clark all over again. Um, i'd say pretty solid man uh, i mean like again though you know you, you pop on the detroit tape and like when you step up in class i still like there's too many holes there's some missed tackles right there but yeah like slayton those guys have been pretty impressive overall i really like wyatt i think he has the highest ceiling right i would have right. to say on that team obviously i mean he's a first round type pick um sec type player yeah i i think all these guys have been pretty impressive um to be honest with you but uh you know i want to see that when they step up in class here obviously against against good defenses or i'm sorry against good offenses for sure
0: right it, but you're not going to see good offenses raiders aren't a good offense uh, well they're a good offense
1: actually i mean like they're they're they were like the number 5 passing efficiency offense just a couple just last week, you know, I, I they they could score. The but problem I don't know is
0: Jimmy G is going to be available. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's very well not going to be as of yesterday, he was still in concussion protocol. So if Jimmy G doesn't play, it's a rookie quarterback and that changes everything I think for the Raiders even though the kid got one start, the kid from Purdue. Um and then after that it's Denver. Russell Wilson's only really been good against this Bears crappy Bears defense and it took him a half to figure that out. Uh so I don't really get too concerned about the Broncos offense. Um and then the week after that is the Vikings. Madison finally played okay. Um, is that legit? I don't know. I mean, Justin Jefferson obviously is a huge threat for the Vikings three games from now. But I don't know if they have any really truly elite offenses on the schedule to who? Kansas City? And is Kansas City even an elite offense? I mean, they they don't have any real super names at wide receiver. They just got a Hall of Famer at quarterback that makes everything work.
1: Yeah. yeah. Kelsey, I had to pull it up right now because I was... I was like stumped there for a second. So Dion Devante Wyatt pro football focus, 53rd out of 129 TJ Slayton, 43rd out of 129 has been pretty good. Kenny Clark 48th out of 129 has been pretty good.
0: Three almost in the top 50.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lucas Van Ness is 77th out of 111, but he hasn't really played right. Um, so like a little they've graded out a little bit better than I even thought man to be honest with you and hold like Carl Brooks is graded out 69th out of 129 Yeah Carl Brooks um, like well. Yeah uh so yeah some of these guys have actually been a little bit better I had to go back cuz I was like see that's the problem is when you have a game like Detroit like in the back of your mind now I need to go back and like think about the Saints game or go back and watch that run defense against Chicago because Everything just kind of really annoyed me against Detroit. I just felt like I was watching the same team that I've watched the last three years. And then yesterday, like, you know, the the Joe Barry stuff, where, like, if it's so easy just to correct, then correct it, man. Like, that's what drives me nuts about this defense.
0: But you're right, man. They have graded out pretty damn good. Right. Uh, okay, let's talk about the cornerbacks' uh, room, because there's big news. Eric Stokes back, it appears, uh, at practice uh, and very well going to play this week. Adding Eric Stokes back, how big of a deal is that for you?
1: That is a huge deal. Like, I mean, you kind of have just been like making do with what you've had in the secondary. Um, Stokes, getting him back on the field, and that's kind of what we said coming into the season. You know, all the doctors that I was listening to that were talking about that injury said, you know, when he does come back, he'll probably be like a shell of himself until we get to like week 11, week 12. And man, this season's kind of flying by. So getting him back out there will be huge. Getting Jair back out there will obviously be huge uh, because the pass defense, that's supposedly the strength of this team, right? Out of all the guys that Brian Gudikins has drafted. So that'll help the uh, defensive line that we just talked about. That'll help the pass rush. You'll be able to get some more pressure on the quarterback when you get guys like that. And Stokes, like right now, you kind of have to give him an incomplete grade as far as a draft pick because he looked really good as a rookie, then was shaky last year, but then he got hurt. So I'm really excited to see what he could do, man. See him back out there and see, is he the player that we saw year one out of Georgia or is he the guy that struggled last year? Um, So really that's huge getting him back out there.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, And that is a a big deal going forward. The safety position, I would say the safety position has played as expected. That would be my take on this. Savage looked good for a game or two. I don't think he's been all that great necessarily since then. Uh, Rudy Ford, you know, had that interception in the last game. I'm not overly impressed with the safety play.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, the thing I'll say about Savage is at least he's giving effort this season. Like, he's trying to at least make a play. Right. Um, But, yeah, he's just not an every-down type player, man. He's not just – he's just not – he's not very good. Um, You know, and then, like, Ruby Ford. Like, these guys are kind of just are what they are, right? I mean, they're – Probably backups on a good team or special teams yes. players, although right. I don't even know about that because none of them could tackle. So, yeah, I mean, I'm you said that coming into the season though, like we I didn't did. like the yep. so I've been almost like pleasantly surprised just because it's I didn't have expectations to begin with, and at least Savage the first couple weeks, like against Chicago, made some plays. So,
0: all right, yeah. last thing because I know you got to get to work as well uh, for Bet MGM tonight. The person that's made me the happiest, the happiest. And I thought he was possibly the worst. Anders Carlson, man. What up? What up Anders Carlson, the field goal kicker. And even the the punter wheel, he's done really well too. I mean, I am pleased as punch that this field goal kicker thing has worked out so far. Now again, he hasn't kicked in snow. We haven't kicked in rain. We haven't kicked in wind at Lambeau. Those are all going to be challenges once we get to that point. So far, he's had good weather everywhere he's kicked. He's kicked a hell of a lot better than he did in training camp and preseason. We're not missing extra points. We're not missing things way wide right or way wide left. Nothing like that. I, by far, he's, that, He is the guy I'm most happy with, I would say, on this Packers roster through four weeks. And I know that's crazy to be that happy about a kicker. But I'm that damn happy about a kicker. Gosh darn it. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, he's been all right, man. Like, you're all excited about, like, the weirdest stuff. You know, like, I mean... <laughs> sure he's been okay he's done his job he's went out there and made field goals he hasn't cost us a game yet let's let's pump the brakes though um because it's it's they're two and two he hasn't really been you know let's let's see what happens here when he's got to make a game winner at Lambeau Field in the cold weather but yeah I mean come on man like honestly watching those games and Watching the practice game, and following guys like Andy Herman at practice, it didn't look very good. So, no. you're right. But but the minute that I say something and put something positive into the atmosphere, he's going to cost us. So, yes, pleasantly surprised so far. But as far as like the thing that I'm most surprised or most happy about yeah. on the team, no, it's not the kicker. What is I don't it? know who it would be. Oh, uh, you know what? I like Jaden Reed a lot.
0: Okay. All right. The combined receiver from Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. I like him.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't like A.J. Dillon. I don't necessarily Greenhawks. love anybody oh. on the offensive line. Hold on.
0: Time out, time out, timeout. I'm glad you brought up A.J. Dillon. Did you see they worked out, the Packers worked out James Robinson, uh, the running back yeah. that was with Jacksonville. Would you sign him? Because they have a practice squad open. Would you sign him to the practice squad with the idea of possibly having him be the second running back behind Aaron Jones? Yeah, I'd at least give him a look. I don't know what's going on with James Robinson though, cuz a couple
1: of years ago he had like 1200 yards rushing out of Illinois State as a rookie. And yeah. then like got hurt, wasn't the guy in Jacksonville anymore because they drafted ETN. And then remember like the Patriots signed him though, and then they yep. just cut him before the season even began. So I'm wondering if he's just washed or he's lost a step. But I'd give him a look. Even if he is, is washed, he can't be
0: any worse than AJ Dillon. Right. Yeah, and it's it's a more veteran player than Eugene Wilson, who's behind him right now, or Patrick Taylor. Like, to me, it makes, again, or there could be off field stuff that people don't want to deal with him because he's got his own thing going on off the field. I don't know why he's not been picked up, but if he shows you anything, he goes on to the practice squad, and I see what it looks like on game day, and you have a bye week coming up. So, really, you've got like two weeks to kind of get him up to speed before you get on that next stretch against the Broncos and the Vikings where maybe he could play a factor. Uh, Horvath, what's coming up on Tuesday night's uh, Bet MGM Tonight Show with you, Trista Crick and Nick Aishu? Uh,
1: The baseball playoffs, so I should probably like look at who's playing and dive into that today. Uh, talk some college football, some NFL, a whole lot of everything, Sparky. That's the beautiful thing about our show is it's four hours every night of just live betting content, so you get a little bit of everything.
0: I always try and tune in when there's WNBA talk. Uh, he is Ryan Horvat. We tweet him Ryan Horvat? Joking. It's a total joke. No.
1: <laughs> that is coming up tonight, though. Segment three. <laughs>
0: That's Farky Radio on Twitter. I love poking at Ride horrified. Hey, uh, we're gonna our next podcast. We're gonna talk with Bill Williamson, who covers the Las Vegas Raiders, covered them back to their Oakland days. Used to cover the Broncos, used to cover the Packers back at the Appleton Post Crescent, uh, back in the Brett Favre days. Uh, he'll join us on the next Curtain Long podcast, talking some Raider football. So make sure to tune in for that. Download it on your Odyssey app, Curtain Long, wherever you download your favorite podcast, and of course, the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Have a good one. Toodles.